On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. He's not going to come out there in his black trunks at 57 years old. And rest. Right, and embarrass himself. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast for your Monday morning. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow over there. We love hearing what you have to say about the show uh, most of the time. And uh, give us a a follow or subscribe there on your podcast app. My name's Matt. His name's Rob. What are you saying today, man? We love to hear, unless we don't. That's kind of how that goes, yeah. That that is how it goes. Uh, It's fantastic over here, Matt, to be honest with you. It's uh, a sweet Sunday afternoon with a little uh, Jays and Senators afternoon action. So I was given the remote a vigorous, vigorous going over. The remote is what we're calling it. How are you doing? Yeah, we're all right, man. It's, uh, like you said, took in a little bit of baseball on the radio as I took a nice spring stroll around the neighborhood here this afternoon, and tons of people out, far more than I remember in the fall, running. I think trying to get ready for the, the summer clothing, right? The summer beach maybe wear, the, these sorts of things. Used to pass a lot of people kind of doing what I'm doing, just sauntering around, um... At least back in the fall. Here in the spring, people seem to be be trying to put the pedal down a little bit. Well, you didn't you didn't get run over by a car, did you? I did not. Plus, yeah, and, man. And I could have loaned you Chuck. All those runners, Chuck loves a runner. I, uh, we've heard, yeah. As, as as you know. So, anyways, good for you out in a, out for a stroll. Yeah, just stir crazy, right? So, who's doing the radio broadcast? Ben Wagner, he's uh, he's sitting down there in uh, at TD Place or TD Park or whatever the hell it's called in uh, in Dunning. You'd think I'd have picked that up. The fact that we played a third of the season there last year, but uh, uh, hosting the Yankees and I, I don't like I don't like Donaldson and pinstripes, man. That's it's not a good look. Well, and and you noticed how he had the the pant legs down, yeah, clean shaven. Looks like he's got a, a decent haircut going for him. Said the spirit just crushed right out of him is what he's had. Well, that's the, that's Yankee. That's, that's the Yankee, Yankee way, way, man. Through. Yeah, for sure. So, what, what are we sipping on? Mm, well, sounds like just, more of a sip, or more than a sip. Yeah, well, that was it, it's a bottle, so I was I cracked the bottle while while you were chatting earlier to pour it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a mouthful. I've gone, I've gone local to beyond the pale here. Mm. 
I am drinking now. Let me see if I can get my handle on this. It's called Dark and Picante. Yeah, I've had this. Gorgeous. Okay, this is their imperial Mexican style Mm -hmm. cake stout. Okay, have you had it on the show? Yeah, a couple times right around Christmas there. Gorgeous, man. Gorgeous beer. Okay, well, then that is what I'm drinking, but it comes in at 9.3%. It sure does. So I'm unclear as to what makes it um, Mexican style or picante. Have you had a sip yet? Uh, just that was what I was doing. I was draining oh, yeah, okay. the I was draining the bottle because it comes in a bottle. So I've just poured the glass. But uh, you, what are you drinking over there? Uh, something with a lot less personality than that one. Um, this is, uh, and for good reason, as we approach opening day for Major League Baseball. This is called the Blue Wave from Mill Street Brewing Company. And if you recall, that was the uh, the social media tag. That was one of the handles that the team was using all last season. Uh, they also, you know, they've used blue grit, uh, all these things that they hashtag there for the Blue Jays. This is, yeah, the Blue Wave. It's a lager coming in at 4.8%, and it tastes like uh, a lager uh, that would come in at 4.8%. <laughs> so um, I imagine were you sitting at the Dome, where you probably actually can't buy this, um, and it was 35 degrees, you'd be happy to have it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it, but we've talked before about sometimes the lagers after everything else that we try on this show can come off a little plain, right? And uh, and so if you're into a lager, um, this will not disappoint you, but uh, there's nothing particularly special about it, I wouldn't say. So this, it's got all of your Imperial Stout up front. Yep. Right? I'm not getting a lot of the cocoa nib that they talk about, but it is very much all that you would expect from an Imperial. It doesn't taste that boozy. But no, it's I'm got a little spice or something to it, though. I, well, yeah. I was just going to say, it's a little picante on the back end. I'm yep. getting it right at the back of my back of my mouth and yep. top of my throat, right? So nothing overpowering like that habanero uh, no. IPA that I sent you. Um, but interesting that I am getting a little of the picante at the back end. I was, I'm, I'm a bit surprised by that. So um, I think I picked up four or six of those before Christmas and was taking them down to try with the old man and... He had about half of one, didn't love it, and so I put away the rest. But uh, I was quite enjoying it throughout the, the Christmas holidays there. Okay. Well, you know what? It was, again, another one of those things is I'm reaching through my most recent shipment of um, of, of the small batch mm-hmm. came in, and there was a pile of Pilsners, lagers, cream ales. There wasn't a lot that was singing out to me, so I, I sort of reached back into some of the Christmas, the plethora of stouts and porters that I got at Christmas that some of them are still kicking around. Well, before we move too far away from the the blue wave here, as I said, Friday is opening day in Major League Baseball. Well, Thursday is opening day in baseball, but nobody really cares until the Blue Jays get up and going on Friday. So on Thursday morning, we got a guest for you, very Blue Jays centric, very baseball centric Friend of the show from ESPN and Sportsnet, Dan Schulman, will be back on the Get podcast. Get out of here! Yeah, he's going to come on. He's going to talk a little bit of baseball. He's a bit of a craft beer guy himself, so uh, we'll have lots to get to with Dan. And uh, it's a two-guest week. Want to let everybody know uh, we had to do a little shuffling to make this work. But uh, on Friday morning, ahead of UFC 273, we will reassemble the TCA fight panel with our buddies Graham Creech and Steve Bunda. Uh, they'll be on the show. So we decided to, you know, I, I could have done Dan on Friday because it is opening day, but that gives you a little less time to right. to digest. So we'll just do them in the order that the events are going to come across. So Dan Shulman on Thursday ahead of uh, the Blue Jays 
home opener, and then Creech and Bunda on Friday ahead of UFC 273, which is absolutely a loaded card. A couple of title fights as Piotr Jan returns to take on Aljamain Sterling, and then we've got the Korean Zombie versus Alexander Volkanovsky, and the one I am most excited for... Hamzat Shemeyev finally gets his biggest test in the UFC so far against Gilbert Duranio Burns, and that's going to be a barn burner. So uh, lots to get to with those guys well, as well, man. And the Korean Zombie and who is it, Volkanovski, yeah. that you said? Yeah. That's going to be a busy fight. For sure, man. There'll be, there'll be a, a lot of action in that one. There'll be a lot of work put into that, right? <laughs> that's that's another one of those uh, potential fight of the nights, no matter what happens, right? Busy guys. And so I so, should uh, throw it back just briefly, too, before we move on. People have really been enjoying the conversation we put out on Thursday. Uh, that was episode 951 with Michael Barclay on uh, uh, Hearts on Fire, Six Years to Changed Canadian Music. 2000 to 2005 really interesting guy great conversation with him we've been getting a bunch of really good feedback on that a lot of downloads so if you haven't had a chance to check that one out uh wherever you're listening to this on your podcast app this is uh that'll be episode 951 it's uh, it's the one right under this one you'll find it or just visit talkinaudio.com again if you're more interested in checking out any of his books links will be in the description here as well man we're uh, we're busy around here yep yep we are indeed um and it's funny i have as a as a lover of public libraries. <laughs> I have just placed a hold on uh, the never ending present. Good so call. I will be taking down that in the near future. So carve uh, yourself out some time, man. It's a lot. It's a journey. It's a chew. Yeah, it's a chew. It's, but right. it's a great I, one. Yeah. I don't mind that. Now, listen, before we get really uh, hot and heavy, I got a couple things on, on the, on my mind. One is small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really yeah. all his mind's got room for is something yeah, small. Yeah, well, and it's really all that I have. Wrote the other one down. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it, it comes down to I'm watching this afternoon. Toronto is not only getting ready for the return of baseball, they're also getting re- ready for the return of Kyle Lowry. Sure are. So by the time this airs, that'll all be done. Mm-hmm. But but my question for you, I love Kate Burness. Love Kate. To me, she does great work. In her interview with Kyle the other day on on SportsCenter, she dropped the term groat on him. Yeah. How do you feel about groat? Not loving it, man. Not loving it. It's it's been making its way around social media, too, and some of the other sports talk radio stations. And Look, I got no beef with the idea that he may be groat, greatest raptor of all time. Maybe he is, right? I'm not the one that'll that'll make that determination. I will make the determination that that nickname stinks and okay. uh, and it should not hang around. What about you, Mom? No, I'm just I, I wouldn't be bringing it up if I if, didn't hate it. <laughs> if I didn't hate it exactly, I I just would have let the whole thing slide on by. Right. Um. He's one of those, and, and, and I am not a basketball guy, right? I think we both covered that in depth. Mm-hmm. But man, as a casual guy, I will I will seed the call to Raptors fans. Right. But man, I, as the as the as the casual or less than casual fan, I, I don't see Lowry as as the groat, if you will. But and, that's and, a conversation for a different day. Yeah, Matt. and it always boils down to commitment to the city and being on that championship team versus being the absolute yep greatest Raptor. You know. Was he ever as yep. good as Vince or as Kawhi? No, but uh, or, or even Tracy McGrady or sure. like in terms of talent. And so, yeah, if it is, 
if it's if it's now again it's it's not a flattering comparison but we do love our 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 hustlers i, I was gonna i was gonna make the john mcdonald john, it's always the john mcdonald one man we are we like those guys more than we like our stars and even you know for the longest time with the leafs we liked wendell clark as opposed to matt sundin and you're like yeah, Wendell was good, but he ne- he doesn't have half the talent that Sundin did. And even yeah, during that same era, it was Tucker. There was just as many Tucker jerseys as Sundin jerseys. Yeah, and Domi jerseys. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, and if you look at it, uh, but Wendell, Wendell with a with a forty plus goal season. Ask Bruce Best. Wendell will blow you up, <laughs> and Wendell will punch you out. That's what you know. A guy coming out of wherever he's. But that's sort of my point, right? Like. As opposed to that all-out sweet deke you out of your jockstrap talent, yeah. Wendell would just skate over you, and we prefer that for some reason in yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Well, the handlebar mustache, oh, yeah. got everything going, a little bit of a mullet. Just, you know, it's the time, but it's also, yeah, it's, it seems to be what Canadians gravitate towards. And so, yeah, I get that, Matt. That's a good point, that, that Lowry is maybe that gritty, grinded out with talent. Mm-hmm. Guy, so yeah, we'll we'll wait and we'll see. The fans clearly love him. The ring helps. Yep, of course, of course. <laughs> but when you're not even the best guy on your championship team, no. Nope, but the other guys. guy left one and, and never looked back. So. One and done. Where's my money? Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to hit you with briefly, maybe not. Depends. It's really up to you, Matt. Mm. Was I was listening to the radio the other day and I heard. AWOL Nation's version of Material Girl. Have you heard that? I actually haven't. Okay. I will yeah. shortly. Do you know he's do you know he's he's dropping a covers album? I didn't. Um, but I have heard him do a couple of covers in the past, so I'm not shocked, but I will be very interested because he's had a couple songs that I quite enjoy, right? Um and and a couple covers here and there, but I, I hadn't heard that one, and I am fascinated by the idea. Well, and and the, most of them are like I heard I heard the Winds of Change, right? The Scorpions tune, which I did not love. Now I I didn't really love the Scorpions tune either, but I found it weird. And and I think most of this album they're doing it in sort of he's doing it in collaboration with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like that was um, the Winds of Change was the guy from Incubus. Okay. And and Portugal the man. Those were the the two that he collaborated with. And on this Material Girl, it was the youngest of the Hansons. Oh wow. Taylor Hansen? Sure, yeah. So and it's it's actually not it's very true to the to the actual song. Right. Right. So I just I know you love a cover. I, I do, love it. Yeah. I love a cover, right? But um yeah, AWOL Nation doing Material Girl with Taylor Hansen. I'm should intrigued probably, by, by should this. probably be something you should check out. And I will, man. Maybe yes, th- literally the second we shut this down, which might be right now, so I can go check that out. Okay, and, and how do you feel about he, the Hanson guy keeps to the, the the true lyrics. It's a boy he refers to. It's referring yep. to, and I'm like, ah, and it's okay, man. I know it's 2022, and we can all be. And that may be how Taylor feels. Um, well, and I don't know that. I don't but, either, of course. But it is just one of those things, right? Where you're like, ah, oh, you, you see, sometimes when the gender of the of the singer changes, they change the gender of the object in the song. Well, you and I both love that uh, "Teenage Dream" by Brian Fallon, and he doesn't yeah. change it. That's true. Okay, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And that is that is a great. Would you say would that be in your 
where where would that sit in your top covers? Top ten, easy, probably top five. I'd have to go through, and uh, and that might be an idea for a future show. Here is well, uh, and and for those of you actually, who, I think we did it way back in the day. I was gonna say for those <laughs> of you who who aren't you know long haulers, yeah, way back in the day, uh, it it was now it was in the second studio, so yep, upstairs from where you are, yeah, yeah. We we did a full show on a Whiplash, I believe, on yeah, on covers, but um, yeah, okay. It's high. That one ranks high. It's just, it's fun, right? Because he keeps a straight face. Like he's, there's nothing ironic about it. I'm going to play this song. I'm going to do it in my style. And that's how it's going to go. And I don't know, put a different spin on it. It was, it was fun. And I don't know if you happen to see or not, but Brian Fallon announced this week, getting back together with the Gaslight Anthem for a new album and a North American slash European tour. Don't know why they called it a North American tour, <laughs> No Canadian dates. Yeah. Uh, so that's just an American tour. Um, is he in Mexico? Nope. Okay. Then. So yeah, when he when it said North America, I was like, oh, and I clicked on. I'm like, nah. Douche. Well, this, yeah. <laughs> and, this, and this is a guy, when we when we saw them at Blues Fest a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, right, which was the makeup show for the year before Folk Fest that they didn't make. Yeah. And And he comes on, great set list. They didn't really feel like their heart was into it. No. Especially when he rolls out on stage in Ottawa and goes, hello, Canada. <laughs> You're like, oh. Just getting that ready for the next four or five days and don't actually don't, have to learn. No, I, 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 I think they were, because it was a makeup show, they were, be, they were being flown in and yes. out. It was, a, it was a dip in, dip out. You couldn't even give us a, you know, hey, Eastern Ontario, <laughs> hey, whatever. No, it's. It's a large country, and I'm just going to hit all y'all with it. Yeah, it's true. I saw them a second time down at uh, at the docks in Toronto, and he knew where he was when he was in Toronto. It was, uh... Well, he's in the capital. That's why <laughs> exactly. everybody knows when they're in Toronto. Coming home to Toronto. Why don't we talk a little Blue Jays here, man? It is uh, it is the week of opening day. Uh, I think there was a lot of time spent. For both of us, uh, you were more pessimistic than I was about when this would get settled, but I don't think either of us expected that we would necessarily be having opening day this early. Um, the Jays are flying north with a pretty good-looking team and a manager with a freshly signed extension. He's got another year tacked on, plus two club options. You happy with uh, with old Chuck Montoyo getting a new deal? You know what? I, I, I'm not sure I am. Um, clearly, they have no choice, right? He's He's led them on this upward trajectory he uh played them to a 91 win season last year playing in three different you know home stadiums including two minor league ones in the united states um there was no option but to me the very fact that they gave him one year extension and then two club options means they're not really sold in my opinion yeah i think i agree with that the only this is the time where you always run into that right where you have a manager or a coach who's supposed to kind of guide you through the shit and then is maybe the guy who gets punted when it's time to contend. And so in 2019, the team was supposed to be bad and it was, um, it was difficult to pin any of that on him in 2020, they go two or three games. I think they were 32 and 28 in that 60 game season, which was good enough to break into a fairly easy going expanded, uh, playoff break so he sort of does his job there as the guys come along and and you do get into a playoffs and then last year 
they start off just sort of okay. They get ridiculously hot and get to 91 wins. And so there's not really anything to fire them over there. I do think maybe they arrived a little sooner than they expected at contention. Um, you could, I guess, make some some arguments over how he handled the bullpen. But like the fact that he had to keep going to Delise is kind of a, an indictment on the options that they were giving him down there. Um, you know, I, Chatwood, he went to way too many times. There was a portion early on in the season where he sort of ignored how good Jordan Romano had become and, and wasn't using him enough. Like those are gripes you could make that in the end, when you miss the playoffs by one game, turn out to be important. But I do think there's a certain amount of that that's just, what did you want him to do? Once you actually got... Uh, a couple of pieces in later in in Simber and uh, you know and and Tim Mesa turns out to be a reliable. He uses them pretty well down the stretch. I think sometimes it's overblown the the distaste for Charlie, but this is really the first season where you go, no man, you could be on the hot seat if this doesn't get off to a, a good start. They are saying out loud, we plan to contend. We have built a team. We have spent money. We expect to be good and. I do think, like you said, the the way this contract is is built allows them an easy out if it doesn't go well. But I don't know that he's done anything so far that would, you know, we're going to talk about the Ottawa Senators later on in the show. Next year, DJ Smith has to get off to a good start, right? It's time to turn the corner. But he was the guy who was going to guide them through the shit. And that's sort of what Montoyo did. It's time to be good now. And so we'll see. To me, this is the first time I'm ready to look at him and go, no, you need to be good at this now. Well, and, and to me, both guys are, and you touched on it, right? The reliance on guys that the fan base go, what are you doing? Yes. We hate that. And both both have universally made, that, made those calls. And that's what makes the fan base crazy is if you're an analytics-based guy, if you're bringing over this raise, you know, ideology, mm-hmm. What can you not lean better on the um, on the better numbers? Like, <laughs> can you not make the right call? We can, or we seem to think we can. And yours, you're making the wrong ones. And they they do say to listening wrong- to the fans is a great way to end up sitting with them. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure they do. But he may end up sooner or later if he keeps down his path. And and you're right. And don't forget, we still have the DJ Smith, Sheldon Keith. You know who who keeps who gets fired on, first? Who yeah. gets fired first? So. um but yeah, I, I think the fact that there's they've tacked on a couple of club options at the end, that to me was interesting. I think too, when you look at this team, it sort of is what it is, right? Like the lineup is basically set. You can talk about what you're going to do with Kirk versus Jansen and how you're going to handle the DH spot, but you have some more reliable arms, it looks like, in the bullpen. It, who's he going to favor? Who's he going to use? Um but it the bullpen looks like, and again, bullpens are like goaltenders, right? From year to year, you kind of have no idea what that's going to look like. But it looks like he's going to have better choices to make this year. And and so you can kind of quibble with, I might have chose this guy over that guy, but it doesn't seem like there's that many, oh my God, not this guy options this year, right? It's a better team. And at some point, you're just sort of running it out there. Well, and, and I, I, but I think it's his, his job hasn't been made easier with Romano, right? He, with a stress fracture or whatever that is, walking his dog. Yeah. Like, I, I think you're, that's got to be like 12 weeks. That's got to be three months. 
he's expecting to be there on opening day. So, Really? Yeah, it was a sprained ankle, he said, in camp, and he said it was sore, and he's been working through it, but he, they're, they're expecting him to break camp. Okay, see, the, on Friday when I heard it, and they're like, yeah, he's... And honestly, I thought... It, uh, okay, so that's it's not nearly as bad. No, no. I oh. mean, it doesn't look good, but it, yeah. it's... Well, and, and anybody who's had a sprained ankle or any of those things... Yeah, you're either is it on his is it on his plant foot? I you don't know? know. Yeah. Okay, because yeah, honestly, when you want to throw 100 miles an hour, yeah, you gotta have a lot of a lot. We of just don't want any of this stuff, right? At the very beginning, because you kind of in August you go all right, you play through, but you're gonna play through it for six months. Like we're breaking camp, you're already dinged up. Like it 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 looks like it's fine, but at the beginning of the of spring training, you're seeing George uh, Springer. I really just prefer to play inter-squad games. I like to do my own thing, and rumors start flying out. Oh, my God, this guy's fucking hurt again. Like, I cannot believe we're doing this again. Um, And it turns out he's fine, but it just starts sending off these alarm bells, right? He has appeared in a bunch of games since then. and um, But, yeah, you just never – like, Ryu's another guy. You've hardly seen Ryu through spring training. Gaussman. Yeah, like, these are guys that are just sort of off doing their own thing, and I guess it's going to be fine. They're all – expected to break camp and um well do you and, put any do you put any stock in uh in the broadcast on saturday uh dan and, and tabby were talking about it saying yeah that that's that the jays have made a due to their al and specifically al east heavy preseason that they chose specifically to keep ryu and gossman in against minor leagues just getting their pitches in maybe like he, there was a guy uh, on Sunday there. It was uh, Luis Gill pitching for the Yankees. And that guy has no shot of breaking camp with the Yankees. Right. It's just I'm not showing you anything because the Jays are in in New York for four games right after uh, after Texas to start the season. So I get it, but at the same time, just get out there and and fucking run your camp. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, exactly. And, and when you look at you look at the Jays talking about. You know, not being dinged up to start the season. This is, I'm getting a lot more of the picante in there. Yeah, this. it on, stays on, with you. Eh? Um, how heavy the front end of their schedule is, mm-hmm. right? Not, not dissimilar to last year, right? When yep. you look at, they have three against the Yankees before the 12th of May, I believe, right? Yeah, so, three series, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so they got Boston, they, start, they got Houston. They got the Rangers, I believe. They're opening against the Rangers. Yeah. And Marcus Simeon, he signed with the Rangers. Yep. Be super interested to see how that guy, how that guy goes and looks in a in a Rangers jersey. Oh, he's going to look like a guy with his diaper full right to the waistband, as any Texas Ranger does. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you see the USA Today article on uh, they were making predictions on uh, on regular season standings? Did you did you see no, that at all? No, they had the Jays winning the AL East, which is not. You know, it's not groundbreaking. Yeah, that's being but, thrown around. Right. What was interesting about it was they had them winning it with 91 wins. And they had the mm. Rays at 90. They had the Yankees at 89 and the, and the Red Sox at like 87 or 88. Jesus. Like they had this real... So, so Baltimore's got like 40. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and that's really what they're saying. The Jays don't play the, they don't play the Orioles until like July. Right. Um, but yeah, just how much of a murderer's row the AL East is going to be—that just well, how keeps hard. the win totals low, right? That yep. meat grinder that you're just 
battling with each other for the last year, the year after uh, we're going to get a little closer to a balanced schedule, but yeah, it's going to be a shit show and the Jays do have a, an interesting start, man, as, uh, as we move through the first 30 games in 31 days and then there's some heavy hitters in there. So they also piggyback that on, um, and we've talked about this before, but they, they listed the, uh, the top five starting rotations in, in major league baseball and they had the Jays in at the, the three spot. Okay, I had seen a different report that had, uh, I think it might have been MLB.com, had the Jays at number two. So right well, in that kind of top grouping. Yeah, I think soon to be in the number two spot because they had the uh, Mets in the number one spot. Oh boy, okay. And, so and you DeGrom's have, just gone down. And <laughs> this is it. And then they just had, I can't remember who the other guy was. Scherzer's got a... Sure, yes, exactly. A hamstring. And again, he's expecting to make his start, but I was laughing today because uh, we finally saw... Um, Sean Manaya get traded by the A's. That's been rumored ever since uh, the the lockout ended that they wanted to unload him. He goes to the Padres. That takes the uh, the Oakland A's down to about a thirty two million dollar payroll. So that'll be less than Max Scherzer himself is getting paid by the Mets uh, out the course of the season. So fucking A's are a joke, man. I can't believe that. And they like they've just gotten rid of everything like Matt Olson off to Atlanta Matt Chapman up here to Toronto now Sean Mania. like they're just unloading uh whatever this locket was supposed to accomplish apparently didn't do much for them yeah well and they keep cycling up and down and just they, whatever they they seem to do they seem to be that well that classic moneyball franchise they you know they draft and develop and they always seem to be they seem to find their way back it's 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 odd but you talk about Matt Chapman, and, and I really knew very little about Chapman as an A. And, and honestly, I, I'm not sure if I'm living under a rock. I'd never heard of a platinum. Platinum glove? Platinum glove winner. <laughs> um, I, I Maybe I'm old school. I don't know. but That's because you've been watching the Jays for the last couple of years, and yeah, we didn't have anything coming close po- to it. Possibly, possibly. But man, I think that guy, if you can put your two cornerstone infielders at 40 home runs. And, and I, there's to me watching Chapman in putting them in the dome or putting them in Yankee stadium or in Fenway, yeah, anything but Oakland Alameda stadium for 81 games. Yeah. When he's talking about hitting, hitting in Oakland in the nighttime where it's like the ball does not travel and like, you're welcome to the AL East where everything It'll travels. Yeah. And so, but you look at that guy's glove he looks incredible over there defensively. And so, you know, on Sunday they had him hitting in the seven hole. Yep. You're like, wow. It, it, to me, it's, I am so interested in, in this season. I, I, I think it's, I'm cautiously optimistic, but man, they have, there's potential there to be, to have a great season. Uh, did you happen to catch a stupendous, Night one of WrestleMania on Saturday night. Matt, let me see. Wait, what was I doing last night? Uh, sock drawer. Yeah. Uh, Belfast. I watched Belfast, Academy Award winning movie. Um, no, Matt, I didn't. And why is WrestleMania two days? Oh, man, it's, it's too awesome to be limited to oh, one clearly, night. Clearly, man, clearly. Well, do you know what happened, Matt? For a while... It had turned into this like seven, eight hour slog that, and the way a wrestling show builds, right? Your main event is last. The crowd is dead, right? Like they've been there since five o'clock and it's midnight and they've stopped serving beers like two hours ago. And yeah. 
And so ultimately, it's a great question because they've made a business decision now that they've they do the network, right? It's not pay-per-view. They you pay whatever per month and you get the the pay-per-views. So you would never be able to get people to buy WrestleMania at one night was like 70 bucks on on pay-per-view. You're never going to get people to go back-to-back nights. One of them's a Saturday at whatever it would be, 40, 45 bucks a night. But I'm subscribed by the month now. So if I'm going to watch, like I've already paid for it either way. And now I can sell two nights in the stadium. Maybe some people will buy both nights. Maybe some are only interested in the matches on one and not the other. As far as business goes, it was actually a pretty interesting experiment to try and run. And and the first year they ever did it was during the pandemic. So it was just a pre-taped TV show anyway. It didn't really matter. And yeah, to, to run it out there now in front of back-to-back 70,000 seat uh, seat stadiums is pretty interesting. I don't want to spend a ton of time here, but I will say that's the most fun I've had watching wrestling in a very long time. They had uh, the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus uh, good Maryville Quebec boy Kevin Owens. And um, he'd sort of been antagonizing Austin for weeks leading up to it. And Austin apparently was on the fence. He was training his ass off, but he's 57 years old and he would not commit to a match, right? He's not going to come out there in his black trunks at 57 years old. And vest. Right, and embarrass himself. And he's just like, maybe we should just do a segment somewhere in the show where we can kind of trade some punches and, you know, we don't have to be throwing each other around, whatever it might look like. And he just wouldn't commit until the very end. And so they did advertise because it's in Dallas, Texas, where he's from. He's going to be on the show, so anyone who wanted to see him had bought tickets anyway. And he comes out, and Owens is kind of berating him. And and honestly, it, w- it was funny. He's doing a great job. He's holding his own. And he challenges him to a match now that he's actually out there anyway. And he's doing the, the denim shorts and the t-shirt instead of the black trunks. And it's just a brawl, right? They're, they're throwing each other around instead of any kind of technical wrestling stuff. And you can just see it. Kevin Owens is about my age. He's having a ball having Stone Cold Steve Austin beat the shit out of him, right? This is a guy you would have grown up watching and going, I cannot believe I get to do this for, for what." And Austin took a couple of bumps, man. He let himself get thrown around a couple of times. Um, but the crowd loved it. Kevin Owens loved it, of course. Austin delivers the stunner, drinks beer, uh, turns <laughs> around at the end. Stu- he's drinking beer through the whole match. Um which is hilarious. He turns around, he, he stunners uh, one of the commentators at the end, like just cool st- stuff like that. That was just fun to watch. And, and there was two other ones I'll just mention quickly, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. And they did a really smart thing that people aren't necessarily loving. It's a little like the Brock Lesnar thing that you come in from, from somewhere else. And maybe you're, you seem like a bigger deal than the our homegrown characters and, Sometimes the fans will push back against that, but they set this match up really well. Instead of asking Charlotte to real or Rhonda to really know what she's doing, it was sort of set up like a like a more submission based, right? Where she does know what she's doing. I, I she can roll through and and hook an arm bar and just not break your arm instead of. Um, and it was yeah. smart the way they put it together, and and so the crowd kind of enjoyed that. And the other one that they did was uh, was Seth Rollins, who's one of their... He's like kind of the current Shawn Michaels kind of cocky little guy. And he'd been calling for a match for months and 
didn't know who his opponent was going to be, and it turns out to be, I'm curious whether you'll know this name, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Uh, the son of Dusty? The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, yes. Is uh, he, he's not, what was, the, what was the name of his, he's not the same, who was the Gold, gold Dust? Dust? So no, not Gold Dust. Gold Dust is a much older brother, but uh, they are okay, related. But it, and it is a brother. Yes. Okay. And uh, but uh, Cody was one of the guys, one of the pillars, actually an executive vice president who helped start AEW. Um, and so to see him come back and and leave AEW, it had been rumored for a long time that he might be coming. And and so the WWE crowd. This was like the first time a bunch of their guys had left and gone to AEW. It was a cool place to be. And now you had someone as a big surprise entrant show up and sort of like the cool kid coming to your party, right? Like WWE is the much bigger show, but AEW had had all the, the buzz and the kind of the young punk rock kind of feel to it. And so that got a huge reaction from the crowd as well. And um, of course, Cody won his return match, but he, he kind of does the the Dusty Rhodes dance and the bionic elbow as an homage to his father who passed away not too long ago there. So I don't know, man. It was just, I, I, I've sort of lost touch with it. I don't watch anywhere near as much as I used to, but I, I threw it on last night because I had a stream and it, it was just fun, man. It, that's all it was. And I don't know if I'll watch on Sunday or not. I'm sure I'll look for a stream for the main event. That's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Um, but uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed the the Saturday night show, man. Okay, well, see, but that to me is now. Can you only get this on their network? Well, legally. No, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> legally, yeah, for sure. But so, so it's like they, ten, twelve bucks a month. And... All right, but they no longer appear on any other mainstream network. Like the like Raw and SmackDown are still on normal TV on cable, but the pay per views oh, okay. you have to subscribe to like their oh, okay. their version of Netflix. Well, and yeah, because I, I thought you were suggesting all of their content had gone. Oof, to their that's own risky network. to to only exist yeah, on pay TV. All right, but to me, if if it is the twelve bucks a month, and you say, yeah, you want SmackDown, and now I guess there is a a, a sell component. Yeah, you get you got you'll never find anybody new, right? Like right, right. But because to me, the fan base, whatever it is, still seems to be obviously rabid enough that you go, yeah, I want to watch SmackDown and Raw. Yeah. So if I have to go there, but yeah, the component of of putting something on. Now, you know what? I don't need to tell Vince McMahon how to make money because <laughs> clearly the guy's doing it. But if you put everything on your own network and you ran one show a week somewhere on a on a network yep. and you and you sold it as like it used to be when I was a kid, man, I would wait up on, on Saturday night till 11 o'clock and you're hoping to see a little wrestling and it was, you know, you're like Saturday night's main event. Yeah. And so you, you loved it, but I, I get it, man. Well, well it and there's money to be made too. Like both SmackDown and raw up until last year, were making more than the NHL on, on their two TV deals, right on, on Fox and on USA. So if you abandon that, like I know wrestling is not anywhere, maybe it was never cool, but it's certainly less cool than it, was 10 15 20 years ago but it holds like live sports do right like it's hard to find things that people will watch live on tv and so networks will still pay for it and the price to get raw or smackdown on your cable package keeps going up and up and up and so vince is smart to to stay there i'll take fox's money i'll take usa's money and then when it's time to 
you know, I'll, I'll have my subscribers over here for my big events and. Well, and, and I, I poo poo it all the time, but I think, I think there is a, there's a segment that's come back to it, as you say, with, with AEW, mm-hmm. um, you do see this, but there's beyond that, there's a generational thing that cycles through wrestling, right? Some stay longer than others. Yep. Some sort of grab it for a three, four, five year period. Like, yeah, to me, my, that period of, you know, junkyard dog and Tito Santana sure, man. And, and Macho Man. Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Yeah. Don Morocco. Like that was that late eighties, mid to late eighties. That's my period, right? Where yep. I loved it. And, you know, Hogan was big. I was never a Hogan fan, but you know, that whole thing, Ultimate Warrior, by the end of it, that's sort of my period. It faded of, away for about 10 years, and then Austin and Rock did their thing, and then correct. that faded away for a bit, and yeah, it's cyclical but, for sure. And so, and not just cyclical, I mean, there's always people who stick with it, and, and even that, that sort of uh, Bret Hart and that was Michaels. My, that was my generation, yeah. Right? I, I'm, I'm aware of, of the sort of the iconic characters in it right as it now to me there's guys that you've named like rollins and roman Reigns. sure yeah I, I got no idea right like that's <laughs> those are names completely at a left field right um but uh yeah i understand that it's just because me as a closing in on 50 year old guy <laughs> it's not my bag but right. yeah there's a pile of people and i do understand too as i said that there are people coming back to it with aew and and all this that you know that it, it is more than just a, a kid's thing. Uh, speaking of an event that is trying to get to the same level as WrestleMania, we don't hear much about it in Canada, so I assume it's kind of this young upstart thing trying to get his feet underneath it. We did see the World, FIFA World Cup draw on, uh, on Friday. Uh, and Canada, of course, last country drawn um, which it was going to be one of the last, the way Pop 4 works, but of course you sat there to the very end. Uh, Canada lands in a group with Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco, and uh, saw a tweet from our buddy. Don that, the Rock Morocco. Exactly, great segue, man. I, you are all over that. I should have had it. <laughs> um, our buddy there, the Zoobs, he tweeted out, he's like, I'm not sure what I was thinking, but after the draw... We're not going to play them, but I can tell you anything you need to know about Monaco. <laughs> he said, I've spent a lot of time researching them. <laughs> um, ended up on the wrong Wikipedia page. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting group, man. I, neither one of us are going to pretend to be FIFA experts, but it was cool to see Canada on the big stage. Um, Belgium, until recently, was ranked number one in the world. They're now at number two. I believe it was Brazil that, uh, that unseated them. Croatia was a finalist in 2018. Um, I, you know, I, I have no idea how Canada is going to do, but it, it was kind of fun to to be a part of the the big show, right? As it all came together, and all of a sudden you're like, I, I want you, you're watching these names disappear. Like, oh, I got, I we need to get in Group A with Qatar and yeah. and the Netherlands or whatever, or Senegal, and you're moving along. Oh, don't let us land over here, and all of a sudden you're like hooked on this thing that you know really I've been enjoying following, but I don't know shit about. Well, and, and and you and I, I, I after the the draw was done, I, I shot you an email because I was at work, and I'm like, oh, that, you know what? That's that's not a that's not a bad. It's about as good as you could expect, yeah. All right? And you sent it back saying, yeah, you know, I I don't know why people feel like they need to spend years doing this. I'm now an expert, right? <laughs> I spent three days on Twitter and yeah. 
And I'm hammering this out, man. I'll tell you all you need to know. Just like over the last two years, I became a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty proficient epidemiologist, big Eastern European military strategist. I got yeah. this covered, man. I, yeah. I don't know what yeah, takes no. people so long. No, no, I, I get it. And it's, it's really, you could work at Fox. It's really what it could be. Oh, I could work at Fox. <laughs> Briefly, um, yeah. Well, I think everyone does, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're getting launched because your your views don't align. I think that's um, true. But um, it, it's interesting, and you keep dropping Senegal. Like we want to be in Senegal's. That to me, Senegal is not a not out of the pot three. That's not something I want to get involved with. Um, but Africa's about as strong as Concacaf. That's all I was. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you get the we get the uh, the African champ. Yeah. I want the champ. Who wants the champ? <laughs> um, but if you look at um, Belgium, you know, and, and they have these guys, and, and I liked watching them in the World Cup because they press forward, mm-hmm. right? De Bruyne and Lukaka, and like they have this, this attack style game, right? And so when you look at Canada, that's Canada's game, a transition attacking kind of a game, right? And so you're like, all right, let's do that. And, and and Croatia. Well, I think have- really Canada's more, I think the reason Herdman's going to be happy is Canada's fine to kind of sit back and counterpunch, right? Like they'll they'll let you have the ball until they kind of take it from you and, and come back at you. And both Croatia is going to do that as well. So, Well, and, and the Croatians with their, like Luka Modric, to me, that's the name coming out of 2018 and even into 2020, the, the, um, the Euros. That guy was looked at as, as the guy not named Ronaldo or Messi, but maybe the best player in the game, right? As somebody who controls from the midfield. And they talked about those three guys, and they're all itch, right? Whether it's Radic, Persic, whatever. All these guys with uh, very Croatian-sounding names. Sure. But, but I'm talking to my, to my brother-in-law, who's a huge soccer head and a you know, an owner of a Luka Modric jersey. And, and he's saying, yeah, you know what? That That's a really good squad that's fallen to 16th in the in the world, but they're an aging group, right? And so... Sort of the book on Belgium right now, too. That <laughs> Yeah. You, look, the, even with that in mind, I think you got a shot by all accounts on what I've read against Morocco, and you're going to need a miracle against Croatia or Belgium. But that's half the fun, right? Is Let's see if you can get that miracle. Can you get a draw out of one of those guys and then see what happens? Right. And you're looking at, at that draw. And I was listening to it on radio because, again, I'm at work. And friend of the show, AJ Jackiebeck, doing the, the nationwide uh, radio broadcast. Um, and I'm listening. And it was brutal on radio because they're just picking up the TV feed. Yeah. And so it's it wasn't br- much better. Yeah. But it was brutal. You're like, blah, blah. And they're like <laughs> flipping it and crap. And you're like, wow. And this can't work because this, and, and so I imagine on TV, they have the graphics saying, yes. can't go here, can't go here because, and so you, and you're like, and I'm, but I'm listening to it and you're like, this is brutal. <laughs> this sucks. And so at the end of the day, when it came down to Croatia, the thing is you can't play in the same grouping as somebody out of your qualification region, right? So in our case right now. Unless that's you're the, Europe. Right. Because it's so heavy, yep. you can't avoid a European team. Yeah. Um, so that puts the Americans and the Mexicans, who are nine and I don't know fourteen in the world, 
out of so we lose the opportunity to play against probably the two weakest teams in pot two, but we also avoided the Germans and the Dutch, who are probably the toughest teams in pot two. So at the end of the day, you're like and the Danes, all those crafty Danes. Well, like even across pot one, you avoided Brazil, you avoided Argentina, like France. Yeah, like honestly, when you say it's as good, look, we're coming into this as. Not exactly a powerhouse. You were going to be an underdog no matter where you landed. And when you say you did about as good as you could have, there was no easy path to, right. to walking through. And so, in any of these spots. Right. And so, yeah, I think you take your shots and you hope that, yeah, can you beat Morocco and get a draw off one of the other two? I think that's well, really what you're hoping for. And I think the reality is at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of hype in this country about the, you know, the the two loss at 18 games or whatever it was, right, out of... One. Out of Conc- one what? One loss. Well, they lost to Costa Rica, and then they lost to Panama in the, in the final game. Those two of the last three they lost. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, now, again, no Alfonso Davies, and you got to know coming out of that 4 nothing beatdown of Jamaica last <laughs> when Drake's taking them out on the, time, on the town, and then, you know... They're at the Raptors game. They're living it up. Like some of these guys, like half of this team plays, you know, in the MLS, right? Yep. Like these are not all Jonathan David, no. Alfonso Davies guys, right? So these are, there's a bunch of guys who who never toil. They're always in the shadows. So yep. it's, so you got to know that this Panama game and you're going from minus four degrees and windy in Hamilton or Toronto, sorry, and then you're flying to 35 degrees or whatever it was. Hung over as fuck. In, yeah, in <laughs> Panama. Yeah. That you're, the result is, it doesn't seem likely. But again, it's there's this hype. And the reality is, I think if you were to give a little truth serum to people at Soccer Canada and said... Hey, you're gonna qual- you're gonna win Concacaf, and you're gonna qualify for the World Cup in 2022. Like in the front door, forget about this fourth qualification spot where Costa Rica's playing. I don't know New Zealand. Or yeah, whatever. there's a couple of like kind of catch-all last. Yeah, chance. but so you're like, yeah, you're gonna win Concacaf, and you're gonna go in the front door in 2022. Well, because people would, forget in 2026, you're in because you're one of the hosts. So you badly want this one, right? You got in on the face of it, like legit. Yeah. And so to me, uh, it's, it's, they're going to get in and they're going to be swimming with the sharks. Yes. Because everybody there, as you said, when you get into the top 20 of FIFA ranking, like Canada dropped with those two losses in the last three to 39, I think. Yeah. Which is still incredibly high for Canada, who was in the 120. (laughs) Yes. Like two years ago. Yeah. So, but everybody inside the top 20, is a shark. Mm-hmm. You, you, there are no easy games. And so, you know, Morocco at 28 or whatever, that is your, that's your weight class. That's Canada's weight class right now. And, and you want to get in and you want to play against good teams in 2022 and then continue to build because this young group, man, they have, they have probably this world cup and two more after this in their window yeah. of, of com- competitive cycle. And so, Get in there and play the Belgians, play the Croatias, and hope like hell you can get through and play whoever, right? Yeah. Some other some other beast. And then you get knocked out and you go, man, that was awesome. And we now know what we need to do to prepare for 2026. So I hope when it comes to friendlies between now and November, 
I hope they've set up an England, a Germany. Like I want to play some. Just talk boys. that it might be Argentina, which might be nice. good for you. That'd be good for you, right? In and Argentina, I hope. You have no idea, but uh, yeah, it's the only complaint. If if you'd even call it that, and I said this to you in the email, you know, on Friday. I guess, like, as far as competition goes, this is about as good as you could have hoped for. But if you're getting onto the big stage and you're an underdog anyway, would it have been more fun or whatever to see Canada get to play England or, you know, Messi still kicking around or yeah. or Brazil? Like, maybe you want to play a Germany or whatever just to go, we're in this now. And, like... Argentina or Croatia and Belgium are both legit, but they don't have that that name, that marquee necessarily. And maybe they should. But when you show up, you're kind of there's certain countries you think of when you think of the World Cup. And even if it means this is certainly a loss, it might have been fun to see your guys get to play them. And and so I guess it's all about what your preferences are, right? I, I'm sure they're happier to try and take their chance and see if they can get into the group of sixteen. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to go down, might have been fun to see you play one of those marquee names. Well, that's and, and that's what I'm saying, right? Is is you wanna you wanna test yourself against in this air quotes freebie World Cup, right? Where you're coming in and and they're gonna they're gonna give it their best. But yeah, no, you're I, I understand what you're saying is yeah, play a France, yeah. Get in there and play, you know, draw into a division with France and the Netherlands and and have a go at it. Like, just give her and then go, okay, man, now I can, I can take that live action to the drawing board, right, and see what's what. But I, I don't I, even mean for future development as much as just, main, like, oh. just, just in terms of great TV or, or you know. Like I said, just marquee appeal. Oh, I, I, but I, yeah, okay. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm still looking at it through the development yep. lens, which and, is and legit I, as well. And I think that you're, you're going to see, you're going to see good things here. And, and, and to me, those are both legitimate. Sorry, Morocco, <laughs> but those are two legitimate <laughs> soccer nations. Oh right? yeah. Uh, as far as the schedule goes, not too bad, given the fact that it's happening on the other side of the world. you got a 2 p.m. game, an 11 a.m. game, and a 10 a.m. game. So uh, we'll see where they go after that. There is another World Cup that's suddenly getting some talk again. Uh, after the NHL did not go to the Olympics this year because of COVID and everything else that had gone on there, the pressure immediately got ramped up to get back to having a legit World Cup of hockey. By all accounts, that's going to happen in 2024, and it'll be mid-season instead of September. Uh, even with the idea that with there will be no Team North America, Young Guns, no Team Europe, there might actually be a play-in in the summer of 2023 over in Europe to see which teams get to be in this thing. Uh, no word yet on how many cities or where it might be hosted, these sorts of things. But does this do anything for you, given the fact that it doesn't look like the Olympics are any closer? Who knows whether that's going to happen or not? And do you care that this is going to take place mid-season instead of in September? I care if the players care. Like, I care if it's not run like an all-star game. Yeah. If this is, you take the time off like you would for an Olympics... And you allow best on best 
action to follow. It can't be a, a gimmicky joke. And again, the Young Guns Team North America thing, ditch that. The Team Europe really just allowed a bunch of sort of strays to come together on. They wanted Kopitar in the tournament. They wanted Chara in the tournament. They right. wanted and they their teams weren't good enough, so let's throw you all together and see. Correct. Correct. And you look at like Slovenia's not going, the Swiss weren't going. The Slovaks weren't going to make much in the way. Although the Slovaks, the Germans, I believe, Danes, also were in that. Yeah. Um, but you had the Slovaks saying, hey, man, we've we've got a rich history. But, you know, yeah. uh, so to me, I, I didn't mind the Europe, the, you know, the sort of the non-Czech, non-Russia, Sweden, Finland. Um, I wonder yeah. what the Russian thing's going <laughs> to, that's well, going to throw a wrench into this. Well, we'll see what they what what happens here in the next two years, right? So, yeah, um, yeah it is still two years away. But if it's meaningful, good hockey, like we see with NHLers playing in the Olympics, if you can replicate that, I'm all in, right? But if it comes around and it's a bit of a, hey, my team is, you know, we're sort of at the All Star break ish for my team that has a great opportunity to go far. Uh, and I'm going to take it easy or I'm going to opt out or whatever's going to happen. I, if there's player buy-in, I am absolutely buying because I love best-on-best hockey. Everybody does. I think for me, it's like this one's probably going to suck. It's going to – like 2016 was fine. It, it, it was fine. But Canada playing Europe, I, I know what you're saying in terms of get as many good players in and have them – but it meant nothing in the final. Like, there's no way to create a rivalry with that. There's no way there's going to be any hatred with that that carries over into future ones. So I expect this one to be much like the last one. But if you stick with it, if you keep doing it and you move it around into a few different cities and it can build into that. But I think you're going to have to see it be taken because we did this... In 2016, they said, it's back. We're going to do it. We're going to keep running it out there. And, of course, they fucking didn't. Before that, it had been 2004. Before that, it was 96. You're going to have to commit to it and keep running it out there until it starts to feel like a big deal again. And this one seems to be important because, you know, you want to see McDavid with Crosby before it's too late. Matthews with Kane is the the U.S. for Like, there's a bunch of guys who are about to age out and it didn't get reported much. I don't know if people knew about it in the summer. It didn't come out until later. McDavid and Crosby were skating together in the summer, like in anticipation of the Olympics. And and Friedman reported that he had heard Crosby had told Team Canada, you know, whatever you want to do, but I am open, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to playing on the wing with McDavid, which is... Obviously, more than I'm open, it's I hope you are considering. <laughs> you should make this happen. You should take a look at this. Yeah. And they skated together quite a bit over the summer. Just, you know, where do you like this? How do you take a pass here? What do you, you know, just little things like that that you get familiar with each other. And I don't know. I didn't hear much about that over the summer. And so clearly there is an urgency to get that going. And I've seen some skepticism. Lots of people, this is just for the money for both the players and the owners. And that's an element to it. But we did see the players push hard to get to the Olympics. For sure. And so I don't know if it's the Olympics or if it's the country-on-country thing, but I I do think the players, to some degree, will be into this. 
Yeah, and I get the skepticism on the ownership and player uh, ownership side. Like to me, they're the ones who, you know, the, the the networks or the NHL does not have the rights to the Golden Gold, those sorts of things, right? Where it's an Olympic property and and they want to have it in their arenas and they want to make money off of all those things that you make, you know, whether it's concessions, whether it's whatever, and control of the asset. I I get that. So the skepticism on the on the ownership side in the league side is totally. Yeah, if it's your guy who gets blown up in one of these games and derails your tournament, fuck you, right? Like, yeah, well, it depends. Are you are you the Jacobs and you're happy with one of the games in your couple in your arena and you're making all the concession money, right? And you're probably you know you're less pissed you're less pissed about it, sure. But but the players, I firmly believe, especially at midseason form, right? Which is the difference? That between is a big difference, man. The, the rolling in in August, early September, and you're Got like, a yeah, paunch on you from a summer. We're, we're gonna do this thing, and I really care. And you're like, fuck, man, but I'm tired, man. Yeah. Uh, the dock and the boat have been fantastic, great season. Yeah. Um, but you are now talking about bringing in best on best in the middle of the season. And if you can shut the league down for ten to fourteen days, if you're legit about this. Treat it right, and and it can be fantastic. It's it to me. It's 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 the double whammy of of the early the preseason thing where nobody's in 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 you know game shape. You're not clicking on on all cylinders, and right. so to me, this has the opportunity to be good if there's buy in and and they allow it to be great. But it has to be given the opportunity to be great. And I'll I'll be interested to see the Germans, right? Like to me, the Germans. That, oh, the Germans, <laughs> Grace, um, who, who has not looked good this year. No. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure where Grubauer is from, but he has also not looked good. Oh my good. god! But well, Grace with his three point eight. Now he allowed five more today, I think. Or uh, Ottawa won five two. So I, I don't know how many of those were empty netters, but. Detroit has now allowed 35 plus goal games. Woo! And everything. Not a recipe for success. And everything. They've allowed five in a, in a loss, six in a loss, seven in a loss, eight in a loss, nine in a loss, 10 in a loss, 11 in a loss. Like they have, they've allowed 10 hat tricks against. Like give our top defenseman the, the, the Calder the people. Yeah. Well, but I want to give it. I think he's a stud, man. Mo Sider. Uh, that kid is. Give him five more years and just start sending the Norris that guy's way. He's a beast. Uh, do you think the fact Over that- Michael Bunting, for sure. Yeah, no shock there. Uh, they- do you think as far as the World Cup goes, are you interested? Like, I'm not saying are you going to sit down at 10 a.m. and watch these things, but the fact that they're going to do a European play-in for this mean anything to you? Like to me, it at least it feels legit. It now, right? Like at least you're gonna have to earn your way into this fucking thing. Well, and and that to me is is the key, right? If you want to spread the sport and make it global, like right now, there's five or six legitimate. Maybe you can spread it out to eight, but it gets thin in a hurry. Yep. Right, and so if you want to start making it matter in your Latvia's and your your Switzerland and your, you know. Back in Slovakia, right? You have to Germany. You you have to start putting games in there, and and making it matter. Well, we like, just talked about the the FIFA World Cup. Canada's going in there to get tuned. 
right? Like that's how that's going to go, but yeah. it could be good for you. And that's how you learn, right? That's how you get better. And well, we've qualified and we are now going and this country, I, I, I you know, I can't remember in 86 and I would have been 13 or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember being super dialed in, but the, the country is more soccer focused right now with this CONCACAF qualification process than ever in my lifetime. Right. So, so to can follow you that. Create a buzz in Latvia, it, in Germany, in Switzerland, yeah. in Slovakia. And, 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 and again, this whole idea of you may need to, in, in hockey, expand. Now, Worlds is good. They've expanded it out. Yep. There is, it is quite a field. But yeah, you got to understand that when you're Japan and you come in, or you're France, or you're England. Yeah, you're going to roll shit, it. And we know we are. We're yeah, shit. you're going <laughs> to. We love you, GB. We do. <laughs> uh, if you're going to roll in, you're going to get smashed. Yeah, you're probably going to get smashed. But you have to take your lumps before you can get to the next level, right? And so, to me, it's the interest through those levels and, and clearly qualifying out of the B pool at work yep. of the IIHF is not enough, right? Because we keep seeing your Denmarks and your Frances, the odd Italy and and Japan and you go Kazakhstan and you're like, okay, all right, we get it. We get it, <laughs> Latvia. We get it. You keep rolling around Norway. You're here every once in a while and you go, oh, 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 get out. <laughs> And so I'll see you in two years after yeah, my re-relegation. <laughs> cycle around, yeah. cycle through, and away we go, right? And so, but you have to find a way for it to catch fire in some of those other places, right? Those other hockey countries. Speaking of on fire, Austin Matthews. I'm on fire for you, baby. Sitting yeah, at Austin. 51 goals now. Uh, I hit. love that guy. I love that guy. And I've always been on record saying I love that guy. It's true, man. Right there on draft day saying they should pick him. Uh, Over line eight. Yeah. 50 goals uh, on Thursday night. He gets the 50th against Winnipeg. He got 51 just so we're up to date as we sit here on uh, on Saturday night. But it's, it's the pace that he's doing it at. Um, you know, he missed the first three games of the season. Then he took a little while to get up to speed, and he got suspended for, you know, for cross-checking someone in the neck, that whole thing. Um, he's doing it at almost like a goal of pace. I think it's like 41 in his last 45 games or something ridiculous like that. And, you know, he, he's only, I believe as we sit here right now, he's two up on Dreisaitl. But Dreisaitl, of course, has played several more games and has two fewer uh, left than Matthews, but uh, this is the first 50 goal score for the Leafs in uh, like 30 years. I guess it was since Anderchuk did it back in the 90s. years. Yeah. Uh, Anderchuk did it in the 90s. Rick Vive did it in the 80s. I believe Gary Lehman, I think. is Gary Lehman! Yeah. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. I, I want to throw this at you. Maybe it's been in the news, so you'll see it, uh, or maybe you'll have already seen it, I mean, but Austin Matthews 50 goals in 62 games is the fastest since not Stamp as goals? a leaf in uh, no way further back. The, uh, you're talking about Toronto Maple Leafs? No, league wide. He's the fastest to get 50 goals since I'll give you the uh, year. Cam Neely. No, 95 96. Uh, 95 96. Pavel Bure. It is Mario Lemieux who oh. put up yeah, would have been- over the course of the season. 
69 goals in 70 games. I had hey, Mario Lemieux. Is that good? I had Mario Lemieux. When I talk about Matthews basically being a goal game, Mario is much more basically a goal game. I had him sort of petered out by then, right? Because I believe it's the end of that season that he shuts it down and says, this league sucks. My back hurts from all the cross-checking. It's a garage league. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. And there was a bunch of guys who hit 50 that year, but Mario was just, you know, he missed 12 games and still put up 69. Unbelievable. Uh, Sackick had well over 50 that year. Yager had well over 50 that year. Um, But the pace is is incredible given the, the era that we're in. Well, and, and I, am an, I am a complete outsider um, on the Leaf bandwagon. Come on in, man. The water's fine. No way. Fuck that. <laughs> Not a chance. Um, I'm actually the guy putting the... Pissing in the water. <laughs> exactly. Um, I expect that guy to score every game. Like, I, I, to me, it's, it's a surprise when he doesn't score. Yeah. Am I wrong with that? No, like I said, it is. It's basically a goal of the game. I said it a couple weeks ago. If the Leafs are down one late, there's almost this, oh, Matthews doesn't have his yet. We're still okay. Like, he'll get his. So. Right. And, and so when you're looking at, and, and I know there was a bunch of pushback, people saying, oh, he got his 50th into an empty net. And you're like, I think Gretzky had 64 empty netters in his career, right? Like, yeah, his 50th and 39 was also into an empty yeah, net. So, but but he also had a shorthanded and a power play and uh, like yeah, everything. But he's got half of the empty net goals, even just this year, that Ovi has, and less than McDavid has. And there's a certain amount of my coach puts me out there in the last minute. Uh, a sometimes because I'm very good at this on the draw and defensively, yeah. and also because he knows I'm, <laughs> that net's empty. This is a good chance for me to get there. Yeah, yeah, that but that is, that is the thing that has the evolution of Matthews is how good he is on the draws and how how much better he is defensively puts him in those opportunities to get empty net goals, yeah. to be on late in the game. Like that is a feather in his cap, right? Like that's that's legit. And and I think Dreisaitl is that is that sort of that guy who is going to get fifty if he doesn't get it tonight or yeah. whenever. Like you could have two guys with sixty this year, which hasn't happened. I don't know in a, in a decade. I think Stamkos may be the last guy. Um, the yeah, pace it, it, for for Dreisaitl is a little tougher. Like I said, just because they've played more games. That you're right. They both could. Yeah. Um, I, I, to me, I, I understand what you're going at, the greatness of Matthews because no, he's done don't it in fewer dismiss games. it like that. <laughs> just, but, but you are Matthews talking, has more games left is is relevant. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the, he's a great goal scorer. I, I do not take anything away from that, and he has since his rookie season his four goals in the opener. Yeah, right. Like he's arrived saying. This is what I'm going to do. I heard Rob on that podcast. <laughs> Fuck you, Rob. You don't know what you're talking you about. You can have and your line and, and really, it's been proven for seven years, at least. That guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but he keeps saying it. Yeah. He keeps talking. He keeps And loudly this. and confidently. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, fake it till you make it. Yeah. And so it, it just, if you're looking for, like, what is the league, the leaf record right now? 54. Is it five, 54, yeah. right? And so, Yeah. You can kiss that goodbye in, in the not too distant. Like I started to read the athletic article saying, you know, Matthews rewriting the record book, and 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 it is 
it's it's legitimate, right? For a franchise as long and as storied as the Leafs to only have three yep. 50 goal scorers yep. is is almost like mathematically <laughs> it seems hard. It right? is. To, to get that done, you're like, yeah, well. Really, nobody landed here. Richard didn't land here. Bossy didn't land here. Messier didn't land. Like, just by chance, over 100 years. Somebody. Somebody. Some of these 50 goal guys didn't just fall in our lap. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. And then, and then really, for the guys that you. Now, Rick Vive, I think, had three or four. Yes, he did. 50 goal seasons. So I believe three, yeah. Yeah, no slouch, but to Gary Lehman and. Dave no, Anderchuk. Andrew Chuck scored 600 goals, I think, right? Yeah. So, but it, it does seem like him, that's an oddity in 93 or four, whenever that was. For yeah, he had to, two. One of them was the year he got traded from Buffalo. So it was a half season. Like he got yeah, half he scored, of them in he Buffalo. Scored like, well, I think he scored like 38 in Buffalo. Right. And then he got the rest in Toronto because it was right around the deadline. That was when they traded uh, Fear down to Buffalo for him. And then the next year he put Fear up 50. Fear loved that, I think. I, I think I remember hearing <laughs> Grant saying, yeah, beautiful. I love um, the Genesee beer. Send me there. And then he put up 50 uh, again the next year. So, yeah, like the Leafs, Kessel, great goal scorer, never came close. Sundin never came close. Like it, it's it's hard. And Clark? really, if you do the math, it's the last two years, he was on pace both of those years for well over well over 50, right? But the last year we only played a, what was it? A 56 game season. Uh, the year before that, I think he was at 47 when they shut the season down with, you know, 12 or 14 games to go. So it's, it's just one of those things. I, it, it was almost sad. I don't know what he would have done. The fact that he did get it into an empty net makes it so you can't, you know, celebrate the way you would for 50 like you don't want to be the douche dancing around center ice when you just put it into an empty net but there is a certain amount of that had to be a bit of a weight off his shoulders right like this has been a thing for a while I've been on pace to do it everyone says I can do it but I've never done it and so here it is I've done it but yeah you can't throw your arms up after that big well, empty netter <laughs> you know what it, it's funny because people say well I don't I don't wish ill on anybody or I don't wish people to get hurt but I actually wished he got hurt <laughs> And, and and didn't and didn't make and didn't make the fifty Again, goal, yeah. but you know I kept waiting. There's got to be more shoulder problems coming right. here, but you know the Leafs, ah, they a couple of good things, right? A little couple of good things go their it's good way. Good for business. Yeah, well, it's good for business. I'm not sure what that is. It's like it's like the guy. It's like on it means on we fr- keep sending checks down the highway to yeah, you, fuckers. Yeah, it, it's it's like somebody saying on on the Ottawa Detroit game on Friday of last week. They're like. Oh, a great Detroit team is is good for the NHL, and I'm like, I don't give a shit what happens in Detroit. Yeah, I don't get that either. It's... Right, and you're like, who cares? They don't. They and I, and I used to love the Wings. Yep. But I love the Wings because I love the Wings. I to me, feel... a good Rangers is good for the league, right? Like that to me is a even the yeah. Blackhawks, right? Like some of your marquee cities that make money. And have tradition behind them, and well, Detroit is one of those yeah, original six teams. They are original six, but I don't know they make money anymore. I, I think that's a yeah. Anyways, it, it, it's yeah. You agree then? I'm like, psh, yeah. I don't think I don't think the wings, you know, fuel the league like um, you Matthews know, good, may have put up like 
nine or 12 of his goals against Detroit this year. I don't know. Well, when I said that they've allowed 10 hat tricks, they've also allowed two four-goal games. (laughs) Marner had the four in there the other night, and Patrice Bergeron has has put up a four spot on him as well. And so they're just sputtering. But the the 50 goals is, and I I believe he's going to get 60. I'd be surprised at this point. It's a push. Yep. I understand, but... I, like I said, uh, to me, that guy, the, the way they funnel things through him, especially on a power play, yep. uh, I'd be surprised. If, well, if Matthew, or Marner side. right alongside with him, right? He's got 60 points his last 35 games, too, so he's along for the ride and, and creating on his own, obviously. But, man, it's... Uh, what, wanna, what, go who, is the, who is the next top goal scorer for the Leafs? Might be Marner. I think he's at 28. Yes, really, there you go. And that's a big spread, man, in between. Yeah, because Tavares went through a long dry spell. He's gotten hot again lately, but I think he's only pushed now to 27, 28. Willie cooled off in a big way. Um, As he does. So, yeah, I, I bet you. I bet you it's Marner. So you could have, you could have, you know. Matthews could double up. <laughs> this is it, man. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and you go, wow, that sort of makes it tough. And it's funny in that in that athletic article I was looking at, I I think it, it said that Tavares in his first leave season had forty seven. Is that right? Yep. And I, it's it's a forgettable forty seven, right? Like I, I and well, maybe for you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, but I mean forgettable because of everything else that comes around. Well, we talked whole, about it that year, right? That all of a sudden everyone was saying, "Look how great Marner has got Tavares to." to 47 goals. He's never done that before. And we just completely forget the Trent Hunters and Matt Molsons and Kyle Oposos getting fat around the league on wingers that John Tavares made big-time cash for. They went and left to go play other places. The Matt Matt Molson one is is, is epic. (laughs) For sure, for sure. So uh, we want to talk about the Sens here in just a second. But before we do... There was a bit of a stir on uh, on Saturday when Mike Yo, a coach of the Flyers, Yo! had said he's going to sit down NHL Ironman leader Keith Yandel. Uh, he's at 989 games. We talked about this before with Phil Kessel a couple of weeks ago. The fact that they let him come out, take one shift, and then got him on a on a charter home so he could be around for the birth of his kid. And neither one of us thought this was particularly legitimate in terms of keeping this streak alive. Yeah, technically you did it. And it's not even like it wasn't a reason to be like, if he'd have missed the game, he'd gone, you made the right decision, man, right? Like it's a suitable reason to miss the game, but no, we're going to keep this streak alive. Uh, And I think we talked about Yandel in the past that for me, this ended a year ago when his coach wanted to scratch him at the beginning of the season and the players mutinied and said, no, you got to keep this guy in. Uh, And then they did scratch him in the playoffs last year um, in game three against Tampa Bay. So he has multiple times been told, we no longer believe you're in our top six. Uh, He leaves Florida, ends up in Philadelphia, and they get down the stretch. They're eliminated, and that seems to be the argument, is that you're out of it. You could let him play these last games and then get to 1,000, and then, I don't know, maybe another team takes him on, or maybe he finishes with 1,000. Whatever happens, you didn't have to do this. At the same time, if you're the coach of the Flyers, you go, look, I got shit to do here. Like, we're out of this. I I, want to get a look at some younger guys. Um, 
you can't just wait for him to get sick or injured or whatever it might be. I, I Where do you stand on this, man? Because I don't have a whole lot of... I'm not anywhere near as annoyed with the Flyers as the the general public seems to be. Yeah, well, and, and it's 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 the it's the two different ways the two franchises have handled it, right? Both are way out of the playoffs, right? And oh, oh you mean the Coyotes? Yes, sorry, the Coyotes and the Flyers. Yes, yes. And and so the Coyotes are like, okay, Phil, right? It's important for us to to support you and do this, whatever. Like, yep. I didn't like it. No. So I, I'm I'm merely looking at it now from the two franchises' perspective, right? The, the Coyotes are like, yeah, we want to support you, Phil. We're going to do this. You're going to do it. More and then people you're gonna... should say that. Yeah. <laughs> we want to support you, Phil. We love yeah. you. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. But that's how it went. And I, I didn't like it. And and as you said, yeah, you're right. In Florida, all Samuelson hates the guy. Thinks he's a bum and a stiff, right? And, <laughs> and he's running the D. And, and yet he got overrun, right? And you're like, all right. Fuck that guy. Yeah, because so that was I, at the very beginning of the shortened season. That was game one. Yeah, they said, you're not in our top six. You're going to be scratched. And the, the the players, the leadership, the captains came in and said, we're not on side with this. He's one of our guys. You need to play him. That's a mutiny. And what are you going to yep. do at that point? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get it. I get I'm it, just but, laying it back out there for people who maybe don't pay super yep. close attention to the Panthers. <laughs> for sure. Well, they should now. <laughs> Yeah, we all are now. Um, but it, it, it does come down to the Flyers. I think I think if you're going to look at it from the same perspective that you did with the Coyotes, mm-hmm. man, you got like 13 more games. Run the guy out to his 1,000, and then he's going to – like whatever. Nobody's going to pick that guy up. Like he's done. Well, one of my thoughts on this is, look, yeah, the streak's over, but you may have done him a favor in terms of getting him a contract next year. Because wherever you are, Columbus or... Columbus, great pick. Sure. Somebody who knows they're going to be shit next year and just wants a veteran defenseman kicking around can go... what we call that. Okay. Actually, I could see that, yeah. But you get to bring him in now, freed of the PR disaster that if my guy has to scratch him at some point, I'm not ending this. That's going to be the news. Yeah, like we won't be the team that ended his streak. I'm far more willing as a GM of a of a bad team to bring him in next year now knowing that that cloud is gone. Like I can play if you're good, I can sit if you're not. Whereas if I bring you in and this streak's still around, I'm not I don't want to be the guy that has to deal with this thing. I can put you in Belleville if you like, paying you <laughs> paying you 2 million bucks. How about that, man? We could <laughs> Carry up with those auto. I think there's all kinds of workarounds there. Yeah. So that part uh, of it is gone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the guy has, has been a borderline NHL player for two years. Yeah. And he's been, he's been kicking around due to the pressure you're talking about. And Philly, honestly, I don't know what they thought they were doing. He couldn't play <laughs> last year in Florida. No. Right. And now you're bringing him in. Well, they rightly thought we're not as good as Florida. <laughs> Yeah, they, they rightly thought that, but they clearly thought that they were a playoff team this year. Yes. And so you're like, Whoops. no, not with that guy. Not if you're going to run him out in your top six every night. Yeah. It's it's not good. And so to me, that just shows, you know, um, Fletcher. His first name, I was going to call him Cliff. Chuck. But Chuck Fletcher, you're like, you're not doing it, man. And and yo, I, I, I do commend yo, it, it is big balls, but... I think at the end of the day, you're not making the playoffs 
and and playing whatever two guys last night who have never played an NHL game on Saturday night against Toronto. Ronnie Adler was the guy that, who took his spot. That that's going to be the make or break to your season. You're going to know moving forward. I, I just think it's one of those things where you're like, just let him play his 1,000. Your team sucks. I don't care about and this guy. Ronnie, He's not going to be here next year. So fuck, I don't, what do I care about this? I, I, you don't. You don't. And I, and I was I was merely looking at I think he should have been scratched 80 games ago. Right. But I'm saying, if you look at the two franchises and you go, yeah, those guys you're trotting out there on D are not going to make or break you next year, right? Like, to me, it's 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 a bit of a douche move on the side of the Flyers, in my opinion, yep. in a season that that is, like, you want to scratch them in game one? That's the call because the season is... Why to sign them? That's the problem there. You make well, your GM look like a team. Yeah, yeah. That's and we're talking about two different things. I'm saying in Florida last year, you're like, okay, psh, scratch? Yeah. You're not good enough, man, to make the, the lineup tonight. And sorry, there's still 80 games to go, but the season means something to us. <laughs> now it's like, I want to see the Ronnie Adler guy. Like, like I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. Uh, it seems like that you know, Yo had a has a has a beef with could be does just doesn't Yano. like him. Yeah, I forget it, man. You're a douche. I've been waiting to do this forever. Now, bang! Hello, Phil Kessel. It was funny you to see be. both uh, both guys playing their first game last night for the Leafs. Nick Abrazzese and uh, Adler for the Flyers. They both got sent out at the same time to do their rookie lap. I was kind of hoping they would like skate to center ice and drop the gloves and just go right at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> be hilarious. Nice. That would um, be hilarious. Hey, how do you feel? Campbell played Saturday night. Yep. Only three goals against. How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, the Leafs haven't lost in like three months when they give up three or less. They can score their way out of most problems as long as they're not apocalyptic like what they had been getting. So now, are, are, are you feeling like to me they're winning? They are at a, they are throwing down wins at a very nice clip. Yeah. Like they're okay. they're outscoring their problems. They are. <laughs> Just okay. how long do you want to bank on that? And, and so do you feel like they're getting, it, it's hard to say, do you feel like they're getting, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disrespected. No. Uh, look, it's, there is a lot of talk, right? That yeah, uh, it's going to be, you know. It's always Florida. like that, right? The Leafs are third in the league in regulation wins, like in terms of when you cut out the shootouts and these sorts of things. Like that won't be a part of the playoffs, but there's always the leaf thing is it's just crazy divisive. They're either greatest thing on earth or just horrible struggles. Um, you know, they're talking about how badly the Leafs need to get out of the first round for the first time since 2004, I guess it is. And yet we're the absolute gauntlet that it's going to be to run against the Panthers who haven't been out since 96. Like, the arguments that you make have to be somewhat logical and they just almost never are when you want to actually hold a microscope up to them. So look, the Leafs are what they are. They're the thing everybody's going to talk about for better or worse. And yeah, sometimes they're getting way overhyped and sometimes they're not getting enough love, but it is what it is. I, how I don't do you like your, how do you like your new boy Giordano? Yeah, so far he's fine. He's 38 okay. years old. Lukewarm reception from Matt. No, I don't even mean that. I He's fine. I, I don't know what people would have expected out of a 37, 38-year-old defender. I, I, he, he's I done the job. Fine is good. Yep. Fine is probably what you're looking for in that in that spot. Yeah. 
for sure. So uh, we'll see what that's all going to look like. Uh, one last thing to get to, man, here. We did a show on on Tuesday about the passing of Eugene Melnick. And ever since then, there's been rumors running rampant, which we're always going to, I guess, was always going to be the case on what happens now. Because he has said, historically, I plan to leave this team. It'll be in my family for a long time. He has two young daughters. Yeah, uh, he does have two young daughters. Um, But at the same time, we're hearing talk of Quebec City. We're hearing talk here in town of uh, a group that, that has interest in, in buying the team for also hearing talk that maybe Justin Bieber is interested, which is, is weird. I don't know if Justin can swing it or not. Like maybe he can, uh, maybe it's not just him. I, I don't know. Uh, one of the groups here in Ottawa that's apparently interested is, uh, John Ruddy, who's also suing the, <laughs> yes. I wonder if it's part of the, the, the billion dollar, you know lawsuit. what, why don't you just give me the team and we'll call it even. Um, there's a lot of stuff going around, man. I, I, I can't imagine that this team is leaving Ottawa. I don't think I've ever really believed it, but what do you make of all of this? Yeah, no, I don't think the team is leaving either. Um, there are a couple of groups, I believe, that are, are, look, are interested in, in, in buying this team and keeping it here. Yeah. Like, to me, if you look at from when Melnick bought it in 03, the difference in A network money that comes in now versus 03 and if you look at single event betting that's coming in yes like the money and 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 a potential like the ncc which is the national capital commission which owns the land down at le breton which is right sort of just outside of downtown ottawa just a little west of downtown yeah it it is they have held that and now they've reopened bids again uh, to me, it's now you're looking at, and, and I didn't want to say it on the Melnick show when we talked about him passing. Yeah, and there's, you asked there's about a time the, and a place, right? You asked for the future of the things, and I'm like, well, I think there's a great opportunity for a, you know, a rosier future. I, I, I can't see this team not playing downtown and potentially under new ownership. Yeah. And so um, it, it does come down to that whole Quebec City thing, though, is is I'm not sure in, in hearing it, right? Nobody's denied it, right? The NHL. Well, we should say that what that was is there was a report that apparently there had been talks about the Senators playing five games per season in Quebec City, uh, which five home games. Yes, uh, which quickly everybody started to have to scatter at a time that, to be fair, they should be mourning and not having yep. to deal with this shit. Um, to come out and go, well, no, that was sort of part of this world junior bid we were talking about and, and try and cover it up. In theory, I, I don't know how you feel, man. We did this with the bills a little bit. We've talked, if it's been so hard to make money here in Ottawa, if the alternative is the team leaves, I don't know, five out of 41 home games get played somewhere else. I just, as Quebec City, I don't care about your team. We saw this in Toronto with the bills. I don't. This isn't my team. Get the fuck out of here. I- yeah. See, to me, the, the, the thing there is, and, and it's you've brought it on a, a great analogy. Uh, if the idea was to bring one game a season for the Bills to Toronto mm-hmm. to prove that you're an NFL city, the, the price that's so far out of whack, yeah. tickets were so expensive, which is what would likely have to happen here, mm-hmm. right? You'd have to sort of say, hey, we need... 
two million bucks a game, right? Right, ten million for the for the five games. Bring that to us, and and you can have that. And yeah, the thing is, you're not asking the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Montreal Canadiens or the Boston Bruins to do this. We don't have those, to. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is what I'm saying is yeah. those teams aren't cash strapped. So clearly, the the two sides of of Rob's brain are like, yeah, clearly it's because this is not being supported here or or it's been such a tough grind over the last two or three years mm-hmm. and the ownership not being of deep pockets. You're like, yeah, they need the money. The flip side is it's not a good look, right? The bills were suffering. They had gone through almost two decades of shite football yeah. there. Yeah. They needed a new stadium. They needed a bunch of things. Uh, the Montreal Expo is going to Puerto Rico to play half their home games or whatever it was. Yep. And then they're gone, right? Like this is this is the the sort of the uh, well, even the, the Jays going to Montreal for the last couple exhibition games every year to see, see there are people in Montreal who like baseball. Yeah, we know, but it's different. Will you show up and buy corporate boxes for eighty one games a year? Yeah, as opposed to two, right? Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, if that was really the case, send Arizona there, yeah. playing out of your four thousand yes. arena. <laughs> like let them have, but it's not. It, it comes down to. Hey, we can we can help you out and put some money in the senator's coffers. Yeah. Right? Like to me, the two are are tightly woven together. Yes. It's not a matter of, oh, Quebec, we'll see what you can do. It's no, let's see if we can put some stuff there and you can put some money in the senator's bank account. So I don't like it from that. And and as a guy who I bought th- I bought tickets to three different games this year, I don't want to see my home team play at a Quebec City. No. I'm not excited about that they don't give a fuck about ottawa nope and and if i am next year pushing for a playoff spot or the year after i don't want to play five more road games well and don't you think to make it work because as you said or maybe i said i don't remember who's <laughs> quebec city doesn't care about ottawa so to we make said it so to make this work montreal and toronto and probably boston and nope. what, Okay. I'm not doing it, man. I, you're talking about playing there? Those would be the road teams who come in. But no, those are teams that come to Ottawa and make money. Correct. That's how... Like, you can't... To get Quebec City to care, you better bring in big teams or big rivals or, or whatever it might be. And, and especially Montreal. Montreal's not giving up home games to go to Quebec City. No. But they could go in as the road team. Well, now you've screwed what games you're leaving in Ottawa because Montreal yeah. makes money here. We don't want to see the Phoenix no. and the Minnesotas and the whatever come through But here. in Quebec City, they're not going yep. to Ottawa CBJ or... Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> you, want the, you want a franchise there? You got to buy tickets to Senator CBJ. Right. You got to buy tickets to Ottawa, Dallas, sure. whatever that is, right? You have to buy that. We don't have to have it here, but... <laughs> people here don't buy it, so... Well, Why would they, Quebec? Yeah, well, because they this want is a the team. problem. Though. They You're want right. a team. You're right. We're squandering a team. Like it's <laughs> it's the two different sides of the coin here. But no, I, I don't want to see any games there. I want to see Ottawa people buy packages, support the team here. Yeah. The the time is now. Yeah. Right. The team is getting better. If sorry, Eugene, if you had a problem with the ownership before, mm-hmm. 
That has been sadly removed. You now need to make the choice. Do you want NHL hockey in your city? Do you want to support a young team that's on the come? Yes or no? Do it. And the way this has come out and the timing sucks, and it's not accidental. Renault Lavoie, and for people who don't know, he's the, the Bob McKenzie of Quebec uh, that are working for TV Aspor. He was on with Stephen Brunt on the radio in Toronto, and I'll share the link because to me it's an interesting listen if you're an Ottawa fan. Um, And he was sort of saying, like, this was not unintentional. There is a group in Ottawa who wants this ownership group to look bad, and they did not care that it was the day after Melnick passed away. They wanted this to get out there, that he was negotiating with another market and all of it to make it more likely that the team would become available and and someone else could swoop in and buy it to save it from this Quebec project and and honestly Renault Lavoie was was fired up about this and how inappropriate it was that the day after this had happened people who work for the senators and part of you know people that were tight with Eugene Melnick and his estate are now dealing with this PR disaster yep the day after all this came out is just it's pretty gross like we're, could, you we're couldn't going- give it a week yeah, we're, for sure. And that's what somebody said. This article, and, and it was well-sourced, mm-hmm. right, that came out in La Presse. It's, it's not a, a fluff piece, right? The guy is actually a political guy who wrote the article. Yes. Um, and his name escapes me. But it's worth noting that, that TVA is also owned by Quebecor. Yep. Which who is, wants to oh, buy a team. And who owns the arena in in the Videotron or whatever it is. Yes. Um, so that is also all worth noting, right? That, that this big sort of, it's a mess. It it's is. a mess. It is. And tied up in with that is, and we don't have to spend a pile of time, but it's that World Junior bid. And and to me, we saw the Toronto-Montreal yeah, split city bids. It sucks. Yeah. And so to me, if you're going to go Quebec-Ottawa and split it, I, I don't want to see that. Go to Halifax and wherever else it is, because Largo, yeah. Gatineau, Ottawa. Okay, but that's it. Yeah. Right? We, and, you and can I, do interprovincial if you're right there, right across the river. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the idea that they're saying that the slush puppy center, the new slush slush puppy center in Gatineau. Sant slush puppy. Yeah, is is not big enough, right? It's only no. four and change, yeah. right? And and right now the OSEG group and, and the senators are still sort of um because Ruddy is the Oseg group, it's all the Trinity group. It's yep. all kind of very contentious yeah, between the two. a lot of real estate deals here and big so, leagues want in so, on this. And, and you've seen, like, just, I guess, to, to paint it out for people, Ottawa held World Juniors and did a great job with it in 09, but it was all here. The big Canada games and the playoffs were out at the CTC in Canada, and the B Division games were downtown at the Civic, uh, at the time the Civic... Um, now TD. Yeah, and so, you know, a smaller arena, but it, it, it works nice. We saw the Toronto-Montreal games, and it sucks. I don't want to buy a package that gets yeah. me Team Canada and the playoff games, but I don't get Canada for the round robin. Another city does, and I don't, I'm not buying a round robin where I don't get to see it played out in the playoffs. Calgary-Edmonton did it before, and at least this year they were doing it correctly where Edmonton was going to have Canada through the round robin and the playoffs, and that other group... Yeah, fine. You can be down in Red Deer. It doesn't yep. really matter. But you can't split where Canada's going to be. And well, and, and I went to the Halifax games, and I went to see a pile of games. Right. Right, all within the same now. See, the, the Canada division was in Halifax, yep. and the other ones were out in Cape Breton. And so, 
to me, I went to see Germany, Czech Republic in Halifax. Because I'm there and it's there. And I, yeah. But I don't want to go to see, you know, Germany, Czech Republic. If Canada ain't playing three hours later. And and I got, and I got to wait. Yeah. And then in the in the playoffs, yeah. I'm going to get to maybe seeing the crossover Canada. No, it's it's not going to be the boon of an 18-5 arena here and an 18,000-seat arena in Quebec City, nope. and we're going to jam them both because nope. only one of those cities can have Canada. Yep. It's going to be a mess for a while. I don't blame the senators and, and people around them for... I don't really believe them, but I don't blame them for trying to tie it to that to to def, you know to defuse the bomb that went off this week and and try and settle everybody down. Look, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know whether or not the the Melnick daughters are going to hold on to this thing through a trust and or whether it'll be somewhere else. But I do believe that Gary has known this was go- coming for a while and has a plan. And quite honestly, as shitty as this sounds, I believe it's more likely that Ottawa stays or that the senators stay here in Ottawa now than I did when they were under Eugene's stewardship. Correct. Yeah. I think that's it, man. We've covered a lot of ground today. Anything else? No, I think that's, I, you're right. I think we have gone all around We've the horn. touched every part of this fucking, uh, the sporting landscape. That's what we do. Uh, don't forget, coming up Thursday morning, the great Dan Shulman, friend of the show, will be back on the podcast to talk about the Blue Jays and uh, the start of the Major League Baseball season. And on Friday, Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be back on the show to get you set for UFC 273. It's going to be a big week around here. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. And if you haven't had a chance, go back and check out episode 951 with Michael Barclay. Uh, We're talking about his book, uh, Hearts on Fire. Six Years to Change Canadian Music 2000 to 2005. Links for that in the description if you want to check it out for yourself. I think that's it, ma'am. I think you're good, Matt. You've done a good job today, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to have a beer to reward myself. I I would suggest you have one of these dark picantes. If I had any more of those kicking around, that absolutely would be next. There's a bit of a a hankering after you brought it up. But uh, we'll wind this one down here. Make sure you're following along on social media at Tall Can Audio. And uh, we will see you all on Thursday morning for the next episode of Tall Can Audio. See ya! Now, y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink. I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. And y'all have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.